Welcome to Talking Sons, the worldliest podcast about Dungeons and Daddies made by fans of the show. Dungeons and Daddies is a podcast about four dads who are teleported to the fantasy realm to reclaim their sons. This isn't that podcast. You should go listen to it because we don't care about spoilers and we'll spoil everything. Talking Sons, Episode 6, Going Danish. The music goes here. Okay. Hi. My name is Jamie, and my dad fact is that my New Year's resolution is to eat more pickles. Oh, look at yeah, you, yeah. a connoisseur. <laughs> Nasty boy. I, I mean... Okay, but why? Because, <laughs> you know, they're healthy, and they're delicious, and it's like, you know, a lot of people, like, you know, it's cliche. It's like, you want to lose weight, you want to be more awesome, you want to be better, and it's like, I am already perfect. The only thing I need in my life is uh, more pickles. You're gross. Okay. No, I respect that. You're also gross. hi i'm nikki and uh my dad fact for this week is that uh i am a film major and i have never seen fight club and i do not remember casablanca well i mean you're just not a bro film major then because fight club it's such a bro movie i was supposed to see fight club oh i was supposed Mm, to see fight club it was assigned in my film class freshman year i did not go to the screening tisk tisk yeah I'm a terrible film major. So, uh, hi, my name is Kelly, and my dad fact is, uh, when I told my dad about this podcast, he referred to it as um, Daddies and Dorks. So, <laughs> uh, enjoyed that, because He's that is the only correct. thing I'm calling it now. Okay. Respect. Fair enough. Hey, uh, I'm Luke, and my dad fact for this week is that I'm going to sue Anthony's ass for copyright infringement on my voice. Get his uh, ass! <laughs> Get him! Get him! In uh, episode 23, he did a voice for one Benedict Cabbage Patch. And then in our last episode that was non-AMOD related, I did a voice for something curdle milk or whatever. Whatever but curdle milk. <laughs> Thank and you. Mad Dog's Mercenary Co. Yes. And in this last episode, he does the voice for Cabbage Patch again, and it's my voice for my character. <laughs> You're gonna sue your ass, Anthony. Oh, we'll see you in court, motherfucker. Done. So the latest episode discussion. Uh we all just finished listening to episode 24, The Sins of the Fathers. Uh, this was the first episode of 2020, which was very exciting. Yeah, and it's and apparently, dawn. and apparently, it was day. recorded back in beginning of like December because that's when Freddie put up the uh, review, right? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, we're having fun tonight. Woo! What happened in this episode? What happened in this episode? In this episode, the dads parked their van and got in line for a theme park ride. <laughs> I think this factual. is the most accurate description that we've ever had. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, to go into it, they resolved the cliffhanger by not combating some more with uh, running back to the van. And then they drove away and 
I don't know, Henry threw a hissy fit? That was <laughs> that was some BS. I, I think Henry needs some some character arcing now. He's like he's almost getting in the way of rescuing his own sons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's an almost there. Yeah, yeah. No, he it was did. another one of his Henry Oak tantrums, TM. And while I do think it came from the right place of like atoning for your sins. I do think he just forgot that his two sons are captured, and that's, like, arguably more important. In the immediate, yes. Yeah. They can atone afterward, maybe, yeah. if that's how it the game works. Who knows? Yeah. And and it feels like that also last episode during the, what, the, the bouncy castle session where they wanted to, like, camp outside of, and, and starve Scam Likely to death. And the, he was like, yeah, so you forget about your kids? And everyone was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> kids. Mm, that thing kids that we're we here for. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But the return of David Boreanaz, which completely justifies us having two David Boreanaz icons in the Discord. You're welcome. A plus work. Mm-hmm. So the problem is that we, we have David Boreanaz and we have David Boreanaz with laser eyes, but we don't have fat, drunk, sad Boreanaz. Oh, well, I can't open Photoshop in the middle of a podcast, Jamie, but maybe, <laughs> maybe if you look after we're done here, there might be one. I don't know. I'll have to talk to my guy. Adobe. My guy, Adobe. <laughs> He's just a guy that comes to my house. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm excited that David Boreanaz is back. I'm waiting for the actual David Boreanaz to be invited on the show. I think that's going to be... <laughs> Which one of us do you think can get him first? Us or Dungeons and Daddies? Well, Ooh. I mean, we've already had like a whole bunch of guests so far. And they've had zero, so... They've had a big old Boom. zero. Got so... their asses! Mm. including beth who we love yes so uh i'm actually changing my dad fact um my new year's resolution is to get david boreanis boreanis on this podcast so he can correct me in person as to what his last name is so the the other interesting part about that episode uh was that anthony did a new voice he actually did new voice new yeah. voices, including stealing luke's yeah, yeah. so three so three new yeah, voices. Three so we got drunk Borea. Bo- You've ruined it for me. Drunk Boreanis. <laughs> we got uh, Benedict Cabbage Patch, but Bumble Blubber Dong. <laughs> Blubber <Curdle>. Dong. <laughs> Blubber Butt Curdle Milk. Hey, hey, yes. respect Lieutenant Blubber Butt Curdle Milk. Support our God, troops. You're so right. <laughs> and. Boy wonder sex caliber horsepower. Oh my god. What yeah. like he's not a boy. He's 24 years old. Let's let's just this is the best character on D and Daddies. Let's just, you know, throw that up there right off the bat. Yeah, he's sorry, he's 25. I got a note from our editor. It's 25. He's 25 years old. He has kids. Yeah. Our editor, the only person that objectively listens to this podcast. Yes, Noah trips. Oh. oh, God. Here we go. So, was was the Dutch boy, was, was Sex Calibur, he was like a, an intern for the archaeologists who were sent in, right? Or was it just the people who were sent in to take out the mummy lord? E- I think he was an intern for the guys who went in and they all died. And he was, he just like got, got out of there really quick. Um, he ran away. Oh, yeah. 
Quite a lady who is a boy. So yeah, uh, sex caliber horsepower, twenty-five-year-old uh, hunk who and then escaped Doug. the mummy. Fucking Doug. And then Doug, the coolest character ever. Doug. Doug. Are you kidding? Yes. Doug. Oh, yeah. I want a whole story about Doug. I wanna, I wanna know who who Doug is. How did he get coffee so fast? Doug just fucks. Doug fucks. Yeah. Dungeons and Daddies too. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Jensen's and Daddies. That oh God! Just no, rolls over no, the no, Jamie, no. <laughs> Dungeons and Dugs. No, and Doug. There's only there is only one Doug. Dungeons and Duggies. Teach uh. me how to Dougie. Uh, a fun fact about me, when I was younger, maybe like 11, I recorded a parody of that song called Teach Me How to Snuggie, and it is wildly <laughs> out of beat and wonderfully shot, and I will send it to you guys. Please. Oh, it's very boy. good. I really <laughs> it, if I said that, and now it's going to have to end up on our Twitter, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that, uh, that, that Doug uses the whip? Or... Maybe just the nene. I knew you were going there, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to feed into your joke at all. Sorry. But okay, I so think he does the Harlem Shake. Oh, stop saying things. <laughs> words, words. <laughs> stop talking. Um. So they hired an intern. Yeah. Glenn refused to talk to the cops. Another very important thing. Very important. Henry and Daryl fought. Thing. We mentioned it, but. And Ron tried to mediate, which was very, like, surprising for him. Well, he also just kind of tried walking away. <laughs> Although, I, I do want to point out how there were just certain things that were forgotten between this episode and the last, where didn't, like, he snap his spine in half last time on that failed stealth roll? And he's just, like, walking around fine. I can't prove I, or disprove what? this, honestly. You mean when they were fighting the library? No, no, it was uh, at the end of the last episode where he tried to stealth by hiding behind his legs. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like he, he walked that sucker off. Those legs are powerful that you can walk off a spinal injury like that. He's got powerful calves. And you know what? And quads. Don't yeah. forget the quads. Through the power of calves and quads, you can do anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, except, like, also, I, I think that, you know, he wasn't wearing pants the entire time that the guards were there, and they were all super polite to not even, like, mention it. I mean, would you point that out to somebody who's not wearing pants? Like, either, especially if it was Ron's middle name, Stampler? I yeah, mean... Ron F. Excuse okay. you. Ron F. Stampler, would you would you deign to tell that man that he's not wearing pants? If I was in a room with Ron Stampler and I don't even know who's who's a comparable person. If I was in a room with Ron Stampler and someone was like, you need to talk to this man and we'll give you ten thousand dollars. I just wouldn't. I would just die in that room. I don't want to talk to Ron. Ron is the scariest person in the world to me. He's really? ter He's terrifying beth i love you beth hey beth <laughs> I, beth hey i know you're listening look at me look at me beth i love you but ron is terrifying and if it, he just broke his back and walked it off that's the scariest shit that's some grudge shit right there are you kidding me <laughs> no 
know. I if mean, I was in that... a room with Ron Stampler, I would not talk to him. I would simply look away. Rip to you all, but I'm different. Oh man, gross. So, so that's even scarier. So, but but to to ratchet it up one more, which would be even scarier: the fact that Ron just walked off a spinal injury of that magnitude, or that he's just continuing to flop around like a pair of legs. And... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to say yes to this. And they just, they don't mention it. He's just like, <laughs> his head Paralyzed. is touching the ground. Yeah, his head is just touching the ground at all times. They're just like, oh, this rock's fine. His head is bouncing off rocks. <laughs> oh, my God. Christ. Oh, my God. Speaking of pants, to trying to mask Henry as big pants, don't know what was going on there. I think I zoned out during that part, if I'm being completely honest. So what was the goal there? Uh, they, I, I think it was an attempt at stealth, because to get a little mm. bit crunchy with D&D rules, you can't just like, as a rogue, you can't just like say, I go stealth in the middle of combat if everyone knows you're there. You have to be able to like blend in an attempt to look like something that belongs there. Like you can make a stealth check to like blend into a crowd and you're not like invisible in the crowd. You're just another face in it. So I'm guessing that they were another pair of big and tall pants in the crowd. Yeah. And, and that was the attempt. I guess. It yeah, was I, I, guess, I guess. Like an Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like an ass creed. Yeah. When you tried hiding as a pair of pants in that crowd. But so speaking of crowds, you would think that there would be a bigger crowd outside the pyramid because of, you know, the revenge of the mummy. Mm, well, I mean, they didn't know it said that, to be fair. Yeah. But I, I guess, guess there were rumors that, like, there was a mummy inside of it yeah. and it wanted revenge. <laughs> well, it seems to have killed many people at this point and or the ride killed many people, I guess. I mean, that's also par for the course for like a theme park, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess none of them are like used to theme parks. Because yeah. fucking ca cars don't exist. Fucking movies don't exist in this universe. So they why just, would they have a theme park ride? They just didn't buckle up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, well, I mean, I mean. Yeah, I mean, didn't uh, didn't the Pirates of the Caribbean like totally eat the passengers or eat the tourists? <laughs> yeah, they yeah. did. They just crawled out and like fucking killed people. It's goddamn animatronics. Right. So, but yeah, that that moment, I think that we had a another wonderful freddy just loses it off mic and just wanders around the apartment cackling i think he he left the planet to laugh and we could still hear him yeah he had gone to be with his people freddy or anyone else who's listening i need to know how many feet away <laughs> you were when you found this out because it's very important to me very funny yeah i didn't even like I think I spoiled it for myself, but like I wasn't like keeping up with the reveal and I don't know any anything, period. So of course I didn't get it. So just hearing Freddie lose his mind like twenty feet away from the mic or whatever, I think it's a perfect build up to what yeah. the inevitable punchline of Revenge of the Mummy the Ride. It was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. It was just perfect in every way. Whenever Freddy starts laughing like that about literally anything, you know it is absolutely unequivocally going to be good. And it was yeah. very good. <laughs> Although I think that this is the first time that he's led kind of leading up to the punchline. Like the last time I heard him laugh yeah. like this yeah, was yeah, during yeah. the during the Nat 20 critical fart. <laughs> Total eclipse of the fart. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I'm okay. in a mood tonight, baby. Yeah, tell me about Revenge of the Mummy the Ride. Why is it killing people? I don't think I'm okay. No, we definitely agree with you. <laughs> Ooh. 
So, like, the the word puzzle that Anthony dropped on the Discord that he didn't want to read because he, he read, like, a snippet of it, and it just wasn't words because it was missing every third letter. Like, they came across a plaque, and the missing letters, if you added them back in, it was, This is a high-speed roller coaster with dramatic acceleration, climbing, tilting, and backwards motion. Persons with the following conditions should not ride heart conditions or abnormal blood pressure, back, neck, or similar conditions, motion sickness or dizziness, medical sensitivity to, or strobe lights. But it's like, they... They have the they have the sign, so it's like it's clear this mummy is trying desperately not to get sued. <laughs> Unlike Anthony, I'm taking it as this the revenge. Of, well, the revenge of the mummy, the ride closed. So I'm taking it as this one that closed in real life, Florida or whatever it closed, just somehow dropped into here. So our world just doesn't like it closed, but for a very different reason in our world. Well, so it closed a while ago. This is the Los Angeles one, though. Yeah. So, so did it close because it was teleported into the uh, the Forgotten Realms? For sure. Well, um, I got an um actually from our editor, um, <laughs> and it says neither of the rides are shaped like pyramids. One's a temple, and the other one is. It's just like a generic museum building type thing. Okay. You know, kind of square and but pillars and all that stuff. Now this sentence is gonna pain me to say, but. In defense of Anthony, (laughs) in defense of Anthony, the pyramid showed up and he had to figure out what to do with it. And knowing the crowd he's with, Revenge of the Mummy, the ride was probably the funniest way to deal with it. So the Mummy Lord, it was really a top tier move. Yeah, bought him. Because that that pyramid is straight out of the the dungeon master's guide. So mm-hmm. in the bag of beans, it didn't say this pyramid is Revenge of the Mummy, the ride. Because that would be wild. <laughs> yeah, a full motion simulation ride appears. <laughs> it's highly specific. It's strange. Okay, strange, strange bean. I think it's time for a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Sheriff Boreatus is asleep at the rudder. Under his leadership, Neverwinter is adrift. What's the deal? He promised greatness. You're gonna summon the doodle for reals? To change the world and remake it and make everything better. So much better. His blunder unleashed a blight on this city. It's the mummy lord. He promised protection. We sent people in and they didn't come back. His failures have left Neverwinter wrecked and adrift. And so now no one wants to live here. He failed to guide Neverwinter to the winds of prosperity. Boreanis has been nothing but hot air. <laughs> <laughs> Boreanis has done nothing but try to drink his failures away. I'm not drunk. You're drunk. Don't fucking tell me that I'm drunk. He doesn't even have confidence to lead himself, let alone Neverwinter. Let's force him to hold to his promise. Yeah, I'll quit. Yeah, sure, why not? Paid for by Furbolds for Prosperity. And I look like an asshole. Fuck off. It smells good. Oh, yeah. So that was uh, the rare political ad that we get here on uh, Talking Sons. Every ad we get is rare. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that we're still getting them. I, I don't know how it works. They just, they just kind of show up. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a conspiracy. Like a conspiracy corner? 
So. Dun, dun. Oh, that segue. Holy shit. <laughs> so smooth. I felt that transition in my bones. <laughs> Speaking of bones. That would be that would have been a good transition for earlier, but unfortunately we're past Boreanus. So in this episode, uh Will was like, hop on my back and then guide me around. I won't be able to see. So it'll be like a reverse ratatouille. But you know, Freddie pointed out that jockeys do that, and that's not called the reverse ratatouille. We know horses are good at running, and we know jockeys make them better at running. That is a confirmed ratatouille, or reverse ratatouille, or is it? Look, I don't want to talk about no damn sea biscuit. Let's talk real reverse ratatouille. How can we control rats? Ooh. <laughs> baby, it's the year of the rat, baby. Baby, we it's the year of the it, rat. It is the year of the rat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we got to figure out how to control these damn things. I, I mean, so I, I think that they've already made remote control rats that's no fun i'm thinking about how do i tug on this rat's hair hard enough to make it do my laundry (laughs) what well no i I mean like the thing about ratatouille though is that it was a rat with an abnormal passion he wanted to be a chef he found a chef (laughs) and then he made the chef be better at chefing right Mm -hmm. Mm. so i have to have like a rat like pleasure in my life that i'm just like so bad at i love climbing into small holes and i'm rummaging through trash <laughs> and i can't do it i, I love rummaging love through disease <laughs> so so you have a made character who just has some sort of dang rat passion and then they come across a rat who's just so crappy at being a rat it's like hey drive me around like a little rat mech right Mm, mm, yeah okay so my rat passion hi i'm nikki and my rat passion for this week is i really want to spread the plague i think we missed out i think we could do it again and this time better hear this pixar i yeah pixar if you're listening i need you what's a good rat name bimbo wow (laughs) bimbo bimbo the rat no it's gotta be And she totally talks like a valley girl. Oh, my oh Christ. Oh, my God. It's Bimbo the Rat. <laughs> uh, my name is Kelly, and I have a passion for rat fashion or I thought you were ration. calling yourself Bimbo the Rat. Ah, uh, Okay, so that's probably a little bit more Pixar-friendly than yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. wanting to spread the plague. No, I want to do that, too, through fashion. Okay, so I'm a human... And I I love clothes, but only for rats. I love rat clothes. And my friend, my new friend, S- Stephen the Rat, really is... <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why am I so bad with coming up with rat names? We are so good with names. I laughed so hard I farted. <laughs> <laughs> rat that i see saw named steven loves fashion am i losing i think i'm losing the plot hold on so but but real quick first um how how big is this rat is it regular sized new york sized unusual size sexy sized (laughs) (laughs) like big sexy or little sexy i feel like i just dug myself out of one hole and like dove into another (laughs) hole yeah yeah okay sorry i lost the plot about ratatouille let me try again 
Okay. Reverse Ratatouille is the name of the movie, obviously. So yeah. I'm Steven the Rat, and I'm so bad at fashion. I've always liked it, but oh, gee, oh man, I'm so bad at fashion. Here I am, Steven the Rat, and I met this cool human. His name is Rumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Rumbo. Rumbo the human and Steve the rat. Nikki, how are you worse? How do you keep getting worse? I meant I'm Steven the rat. Bimbo was better. I'm Steven the rat and I met this human named Rumbo who who is only good at rat fashion. So, and so shut up and Rumbo <laughs> and Rumbo decides to help Steven with rat fashion because Rumbo knows that he's never going to make it big in rat fashion. So he needs Ru- Steven's help. And that's well, the plot. So does Rumbo like find like a, uh, a a piece of rat fashion that that Rumbo made or fixed? Yeah, uh, you, you remember when Matt said what he thought Birkenstocks were like those garbage s- scarves? Yeah, that's what Rumbo specializes in, but only for rats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 what are, yeah. What are those called? Like like weed rugs or something? Scarves? I don't fucking know. He specializes in cutting up fabrics in circles. Like, yeah, he's really good at it. Oh my okay. god! Everyone up and down is talking about how good Rumbo is with these scarves. <laughs> well, but at the start though, like, wouldn't everyone be like, "No, that's stupid. I, actually, You're not yeah, a rat." Talking about Rumbo <laughs> scarves. Everyone's trying to make Rumbo make big scarves, and Rumbo's like, "No." Dad, my passion is rat scarves. <laughs> so, Lovely. so let, let's jump forward. Where's the scene where Rumbo jumps on Steven's back and instead of crushing him, he starts piloting him? <laughs> okay, bear with me. But there has to be a part in like the middle of the movie where Steven the rat gets big sized. You know, like there's some magic where Rumbo. Wait, are we just are we just writing the Master Splinter origin story? <laughs> Yes. Oh dear! Holy Christ. shit, Steven <laughs> guys, we did also, it. That's his real name, obviously. So yeah, I think in like the middle of this movie, there would have to be like a Stephen gets big, and Stephen's like, "Fuck you, <laughs> Rumbo! I can do it on my own with these two rat hands." And Rumbo's like, "No, but you need me." And then Rumbo can jump on Steven's back and pilot him and wear a big hat. No, he wears a big scarf to hide Rumbo. Big and everyone's scarf, like, "Why perfect. can't you wear the scarf like a normal rat?" And Rumbo's like, "No, not Rumbo." Steven's How like, "Doesn't bear with me." Normally wear scarves. If a rat wears a scarf, would he wear it like oh this? <laughs> it's no. super dapper. No. They they wear it. They wear it Parisian style where, what is it, you fold it in half and then, like, loop it around your neck and, like, tuck or something? Yeah, but it's big enough to hide Rumbo up there. And I think we did it. And um, I think we broke that story. And I (laughs) yelled it. Yeah. So, um, Pixar, if you're listening, (laughs) contact us. (laughs) We are sorry. We are always sorry. So, final actions and or final, final predictions. Uh... Reverse Ratatouille is never going to show up in the podcast ever again. Thank no, God. No, but I will say that Steven and Rumbo uh, are willing and available to be in the podcast. Um, So if you want to just take them, Anthony, I know you're listening. Anthony, if you just want to take <laughs> Rumbo and Steven and, you know, put them in your podcast, I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah. <laughs> 
Poor Rumble. Bimbo. <laughs> Fucking Bimbo the rat. <laughs> Bimbo's Steven's sister. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of rats, what's up with Ron? Oh, we've uh, we've gone a long time without him pulling some vermin from the hat of vermin. Yeah. That was it. That was my contribution. <laughs> okay. But so, yeah, this was a Ron heavy episode. Well, I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of Henry and Daryl. But when Ron showed up, it was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also love how Ron was like, I'm bored now. And then he just started walking off. Bored. It worked. Bored, bored, bored. Well, I'm going to go kill the mummy. See you guys later. It was the equivalent right. of, like, looking at a kid and counting to three to make them stop doing the thing that they're doing. Basically, yes. Yeah, exactly plus also that, that clutch kid trauma move of, like, I'm going to turn on the car alarm so mommy and daddy stop fighting. <laughs> yeah, that was some good shit. But, so, that's that's Ron, you know, this last episode. What were your first impressions of him? What did you think of him, like, episodes one and two? I don't fucking know. So, when we first saw Ron, he was trying to make oatmeal for Terry Jr. Mm. without water. Mm. Classic mm. Ron. Classic Ron. And, uh, what, Terry Jr. was already out the door, that first perception check? <laughs> yeah, he was check. outside. He was gone. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, wah, so that wah, wah, wah. firmly established Ron as someone who was completely in his own little world. Not just, like, you know, Glenn, who completely missed the fact that his kid was smoking weed, but that Ron didn't even know that his kid wasn't there anymore. I don't even know if I had a first opinion on Ron. I'm like going to be completely honest with you here. I I I was like, okay, he's here. He made oatmeal bad. And he he doesn't know where his I, I feel like it was set up pretty well to be like shitty stepdad and I was like, "Oh, these these are vibes that I'm getting." Super aloof. Good job, Beth. Back then I didn't uh, love Beth as much as I I just guys we just started to know each other it was the beginnings of our relationship so I was like Beth right. Beth you're you're the woman here I gotta trust you but Beth come on <laughs> I, I feel like that Ron in that first episode he hadn't or, or I, I feel like the audience took a little while to get him but once he later on pulled up his pants and hid in his pants I think that was like the first standout moment for him yeah that was definitely the audience's aha moment with Ron. Yeah, because it was, I think, the first time in the story where Ron was starting to define who he was instead of who he wasn't. You know, Ron wasn't someone who was a good, you know, good father to his kids. He wasn't a beer drinker like Daryl was. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then the pants just kind of took over. I, I think in a, in a Talking Dads episode, the, the other Dungeons and Daddies theme podcast, uh, Beth talked <laughs> about how... The pants thing was was by and large like an audience reaction, wasn't it? I honestly, I didn't listen to the backlog of Talking Dad. I'm going to be completely honest. Okay, so the audience so reacted to Ron hiding in his pants that I think that became such a large part of his character that when he was forced to to strip them all off, it it kind of came out as like character growth, you know. And he yeah, is no, totally. someone completely different. Like without pants, he is unchained or unpantsed if you will i'm excited we got some good ron growth in you know the terry jr arc yeah. obviously yeah. but i think we are starting to see some growth where 
it's not directly like it's not in a scenario that's directly catered to him yeah so like whether the pants had to be like a like a legitimate like sign of ron is capable of being more than just the pants that he hides in or there's more to it i'm excited to see where it goes yeah i, I mean at the pants in the mirror the pants in the mirror Oh no! What did I do? In Talking Sun's first ever musical episode, I'm searching them to find my teeth. My teeth. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, but so I was that. I I think from like a character growth though, I I feel like that he's the dad who made the most progress with his sons. He's the dad that stepped up, you know? Well, yeah, but that's what he's been saying. But I feel like that he made a a genuine connection with Terry in a way that, you know, that the other dads haven't like moved towards their goals. Like, you know, Glenn needs to to grow up and be a father and not a friend. And Daryl needs to treat his his son like a growing young man and bring him in and henry needs to lay down boundaries and be kind of an authority figure you know i think that ron really got to you know kind of take the biggest step towards the son defined character arc of being being there emotionally not just there physically he's got a long way to go though i feel like the other dad's bridge to bridge to cross is much shorter than ron's yeah but but i I feel like that yeah i think that ron in his current incarnation has moved as close as he can to terry jr and that is still way out there almost as far as uh freddie was when he was laughing at the theme park punchline (laughs) but i mean he has come yeah he's just come a lot further not a lot further but he's come further than you would have expected from the character (laughs) as we started out yeah i I mean he was Uh, also i think early on he was just kind of a lumpy piece of clay like not metaphorically i think that that's just who he was as a person like he was just a walking lump of clay yeah i could see that for sure so yeah well but uh so where do you see him like ending up like as a as a final character place for him i mean he's the dad that stepped up i i don't know what else i could say like (laughs) that's what he started as though not really he said that i think it's a the difference between like oh fuck Hold on, I'm being a bad film major. Like a character want versus like a film, like a film need. No, a film want versus a character need or whatever, where it's like he wants to get out. But what he like needs is to actually Uh step up, you know, you know, you know, right. So he needs (laughs) to like be more assertive. Yeah, I, he, I, he's not assertive in his life. And like, I think it, this is a great first step for him of him just being like, I'm walking away and you guys can come with if you want. I think that's a great first step. I mean, he doesn't assert himself in the relationship with Terry Jr. at all. No. If he tried, I truly believe if he tried, which we saw in The Tower of Terry, if he tried, he could have a relationship with Terry Jr. And I, I believe in him. I believe in you, Ron. Yeah, so I think I think that kids kind of uh, maybe Terry Jr. because of the way that he bonded with the evil vampire Terry, he's looking for someone to be like a source of stability in his life. You know, someone that he can look to when there's a whole lot of uncertainty going on. So I think that yeah, maybe that's where Ron ends up, where he is more decisive, more assertive, and and has a better idea of not only what's going on, because he is super oblivious. Do we ever see that changing? No. I, no, not really. I think that's ingrained in his character. Like, I hope that he becomes better, but 
I feel like it is too ingrained in Ron to be totally oblivious and just like not in it at all. So is he is he is that like his iconic attribute, you know, sort of like asking James Bond to take better care of women? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ron's going to be a, an oblivious guy, but that's not to say that he can't, you know, be there for like if somebody approaches him and he's like it, it, sol- solve this, he would divert his atten- attention to it like he did it in Tower of Terry as much as he kind of didn't want to. Like he did, like the problem was directly in front of him and he solved it stressfully. <laughs> so, so it's like, so he's like a, like a Mr. Magoo, I guess. Emotional Mr. Magoo, where if you just put something in his hands, he'll, he'll be able to work through it. I think so. Yeah. I think he's working his way towards that. Yeah. Okay. He will still be oblivious, but he will be present. Mm. Beth, take fucking okay. notes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're just giving them ideas by doing this podcast. Nah. nah. But <laughs> Anthony doesn't take anything from us. <laughs> no, we are no. no, we are totally stripping them of all their rights. Like, you know, we're taking control of their characters. Hey, Beth, this is what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Hear how to do good character. Yo, Will, I still haven't given your rights back. I'm sorry, man. You yelled a lot this week. I'm still mad at you. I don't know if you listen to this. Hey, Will? Will, if you hear this? Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> we have we have oh, fun. Man. Guys, we have so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um and and so other other relationships. Uh so his wife. His wife is his a doll. Oh, Samantha. Oh, Samantha. You are just as confusing as Ron. I mean, yes, but she is wonderful. I, I think that Samantha is like the anti Carol. Mm. Yeah. 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 Don't explain. We don't need to. No, we don't need to explain. There's nothing nothing further to say about that. Yeah. I hope. I wish her all the best in the world. I applaud her for marrying Ron. And I totally can't wait for Samantha and Carol to show up in the same bonus episode, both played by Anthony, where he's just talking to himself as all the wives. (laughs) With all two of his voices. <laughs> three. Three. He has... Yeah, he does have he three, has, yes. He's a douche oh, boy now. boy. Oh, my name's power. Thank you. <laughs> um, and to, to kind of bring us out, final things, uh, what was your favorite Ron moment? Yeah, I... Well, you're... I have the memory of a goldfish, so... There's just, you know, so many... Oh, uh, I just love him so much, I can't even name all the times that I was like... Oh, I can't no, just Ron. choose one... I think my favorite was uh, actually when he shit himself and then just sat in it. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm having a hard time coming up with like a favorite Ron moment because there are just so many little standout moments per episode where it always feels like that Ron gets the biggest laughs in any given episode. Oh, for sure. 100%. Or just Beth. Yeah. yeah. We just love Beth. <laughs> I, I drank my loving Beth juice today. Every yeah. day. Oh, I use the gel. Yeah. Oh, maybe mm. I should try the gel next time. It's pretty, it's a lot easier, but you have to rub it in for like a really long time. So like, be be warned. Um, My favorite Ron moment is probably when, um, when, hmm, 
oh my god, no, we we have got to move on. No, for Honan Win 20 Minutes, he took off a lot of his pants. That one really got me. <laughs> it really yeah. got me figuring out the time span of which he took off his pants. He was like, I don't know, like like a walking men's department or something. And, and the baby teeth. He lost his baby teeth, too. Uh, so sad. Oh, God. Oh. No. The saddest uh, moment of the podcast. Press F. I, I just... I, it's so gross, though. Okay. Fandom plug. Hey, so what are you into this week? What's going on? Video games, shows, movies? Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Mario Odyssey. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like two years late, but hell yeah. Yeah, I know. I finally got my hands on it because um, I, you know, I recently got a Switch, so I'm trying to get through all the games that I wanted to play. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, it's a little more difficult on a Switch Lite because I can't, like, when I try to, like, I was also on a plane, so that probably didn't help. But you know, you have to like flick it to the side to like make your hat do like a loopy loop, and it's like it's a it's a little more difficult to do. I I think I don't remember. I haven't played it in like a year, but I think everything you can do everything on the face buttons is just easier to do some of the stuff with like flicking things. But I could yeah. be wrong. I well, I I have a controller. I have a Switch Lite. But I also have a controller because I have gigantic man hands. So I, I have a controller with like built-in motion controls. And yeah, I got um I got Mario Odyssey for my wife, and I got to play as a hat, and that was fun. That's cute. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Hats off to you. Oh fuck Aww. you. <laughs> uh my fandom plug is Killing Eve. Uh, I started season two because I like forgot that season two came out. But it remains the most incredible show ever. So just, just watch it, please. I, I've never heard of it because I'm not. I'm, I'm assuming it's anime. No, dumbass. <laughs> I'm the yeah. only one that talks anime here. You fucking kidding me? Yeah. I am. I am super old. Luke's the weeb. Yeah. Um. No, it's a BBC America drama with Sandra O oh and Jodie Comer, and she's a like serial killer mercenary for hire what am i trying to say assassin that's the one <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's a phenomenal show and it's just beautifully done and it's like cat and mouse weird awesomeness uh so check that out okay so my fandom what i've been playing over the uh holiday break was um terminator resistance it's uh it's a game that came out in october like right around the time as the new Terminator movie, but it has nothing to do with the new Terminator film. It takes place uh, in the Terminator 2 timeline, and it plays like an old school, old school, it's like a decade old PS3 game. Like I got serious Resistance Fall of Man vibes from it, okay, okay. because the combat was competent. Uh, the story, I, I can't tell you what the story was. It was pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> but the combat was cool because you got to blow up robots, and they had a crafting system that really didn't do much but again i mean it was like it was like a ps3 game released a decade late but it was a lot of fun because there were some good easter eggs in there too like uh you got to see who was the who was the 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 silver goo terminator who played that it was silver like, surfer yeah, the, the t-1000 <laughs> 
Yeah. So like you, you come across like his body in like a uh, facility where it's like, oh, okay. So that's where they got the blueprints. It was a resistance fighter. Mm, yes. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that is kind of cool. If you're not Nikki and you're a fan of Terminator <laughs> 1 and 2, uh, highly recommend checking it out. If you are Nikki, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't go near it. Not worth it. Yeah. Don't don't touch if it. If you're Nikki. As per uh, Kelly calling me out, um, I'm going to be the weeb uh, once again. I, I've been rewatching a lot of anime lately, like just stuff that I've watched in the last <laughs> few years. <laughs> and I just I wanted to go back and rewatch some stuff. So I was feeling kind of down and I started watching uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid again. And it is still as great as I remember it being. It's just a really cute and heartwarming anime about an office worker and her maid that happens to be a dragon girl. Uh, it's really great. I highly recommend it. Oh, I will yeah. take no questions at this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Real quick, uh, we are recording our community episodes, and we want to hear what you have to say. Record yourself saying something, anything, please, about episode one of Dungeons & Daddies before this Thursday three days after this episode is released, please go on over to feedback.nikki.horse, N-I-K-K-I, and upload an audio clip of any topic, question, or favorite bit that you have from episode one, and we might fold it into our first community episode. And we're going to keep on doing future ones as well, so if you want to talk about two or three or 16, that's fine too. But really, episode one, because, you know, three days. Anyway... I'm not Beth May, and she's not here to send us out. More theme music goes here. This podcast was created and produced by a cliched group of volunteers. Talking Sons was mastered and edited by Agnity. Consulting producer is Veet Vujigig. Our theme music is Madness is Everywhere by Lobo Loco. Grab the next podcast in your app of choice or from Nikki.horse, N-I-K-K-I dot horse. Next episode should drop on January 27th. If you would like to come play with the fairies with us, follow Nikki's Twitter. I'm not going to give you the Twitter handle because Nikki's been kidnapped by gnomes, and we're pretty sure it's bad luck to say her Twitter handle out loud until we get her back. Did Henry and Daryl kiss in episode 24? No, but, but, they fought a lot, and Henry took Daryl's sunglasses when they made up. So I call that a semi-win. I'd agree. Yeah.